this is a generation that is never going to work nine to five in an office or workplace. You know, they 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 kind of want to hang on. I could be schooled remotely. Why can't I? Why can't I? work remotely and also the online etiquette skills that these kids are developing are going to be second to none i was talking to another dad about it the other day that um the you know with all the experiences they're getting they're probably going to be better than the most adults or a meet you know the, those kids that have just left university they've spent so much time online it's just what they do hi and welcome to podcaster stories Each episode, we'll have a conversation with podcasters from across the globe and share their story, what motivates them, why they started a show, how they grew the show, and more. We'll also talk about their personal lives and some of the things that have happened that have made them the person they are today. And now here's your host, Danny Brown. Hi, and welcome to Podcaster Stories, where we get to meet the people behind the voices of the shows we listen to. This week, I'm talking to John Adams, who's host of DadPod UK, a fatherhood and family life podcast that shares the different, unique experiences of fatherhood. John, welcome to the show. How about you introduce yourself and tell us a bit about your podcast? Well, hi, Danny. Well, first of all, thanks for, for having me on the, on your podcast. So, DadPod UK, yeah, I launched it towards the end of 2020. I've been meaning to, to launch a podcast for a little while. And as you say, it is a... It's an audio podcast, audio only. I prefer them that way myself. And what I do is I speak to a different father in each episode. And I do go out of my way to try and interview fathers who have got a particular experience or story to tell or opinion. So the sorts of individuals I have interviewed so far uh, was a chap called Lee Sands, who is actually a stepdad, and I'll talk about that in a bit more in a moment. Uh, but I also, I've also spoken to a chap called Ryan, who is um, not only in a same-sex relationship, but also an adoptive uh, father. So the various different angles when I spoke to him. I've spoken to a guy who, a guy called David Breakspear, that was a fascinating uh, interview um, now he had spent much of his adult life in prison so had actually missed a lot of his children growing up uh, so getting to learn about the impact on family life uh, when dad is incarcerated uh, was fascinating and, and the person I've most recently spoken to which was probably the most emotionally charged interview I've done to date was with a guy called Dan White who has a, a daughter with a number of different disabilities and we spoke about what it's like to raise a disabled child and it, and the feedback I've had on that episode was that some people actually found it quite hard listening because Dan was just so candid about the challenges that he has to the point whereby he just admitted is like yeah you know I'm, I'm on antidepressants and obviously, I checked with him after that. Like, you happy for this to to be included in the podcast? Mm. He, he was very happy with that. So, um, it's just for me, it's just fascinating. Uh, dads tend to be presented in the media as quite two D characters, and yet, actually, you haven't got to scratch too far under the surface to find out that essentially every man who is a father has this unique story behind them. And I'm not saying that that doesn't apply to mothers as well. I mean, I'm sure every mother has got their own stories. Just, um, uh, you know, my own background is, is 
you know, I am a, of a dad myself, and my own background is as originally a, a blogger uh, looking at fatherhood. So um, I'm just keen to shine a light on uh, on all the different experiences and, and types of father that that are out there. And you mentioned that you're a blogger. I know you've uh, your actual dad blog UK or uh, yeah, dadbloguk.com um, has been gone for about eight years now, I believe. Uh, and as you mentioned, the podcast uh, since late last year. So was the podcast like a natural evolution of the next stage of the blog? Or what was the, how did you come up with the show idea on top of the blog then? Yeah, no, that, that's a really good question. Um, I started, well, I have to really go back a little bit further than that, because I essentially, to cut a long story short, became a stay-at-home dad. Uh, my wife we, my wife and I had a very um, brutally practical decision that uh she had more earning potential so i would give up my role um and concentrate on family and home and we had a blazing row you know so pick up on your scottish accent there danny had a blazing Mm -hmm. around pizza express in glasgow uh um, but she eventually actually realized that this was not a bad idea so i became a stay-at-home dad i did that for about a year and I just noticed there were all these. Uh, I, I faced a lot of casual sexism. The world is basically not set up to accept that men can be caregivers to children, and it's a very lonely experience. And I faced a, a number of, as I say, sexist experiences. And I started blogging about it. Initially, it was quite ranty, if I can be honest. <laughs> I, I, it was somewhere to to get. Uh, my feelings off my chest and to my amazement people actually started reading what I was putting together and I set myself a limit I said if in three months I've achieved nothing I'm going to stop this blogging Uh, I didn't say what those achievements should be I just in three months if I haven't then I will Uh, and to my great amazement um, within three months I found myself at a charity reception at number 10 Downing Street which of course is the uh um, the, the the UK residence of of the Prime Minister, whose name we won't mention, um, and I realised I was sort of you know having achieved that in that space time I realised I was really onto something so I kept on doing it and and the, the blog grew and um I just get terribly big headed if I say too much but it, it, it won a, won a few awards along the way and and it, I mean it has taken me from. Uh, everywhere from Canada in the West down to Australia in the East and various places in between. And it's it's been the most amazing experience. But over the past two or three years, I have increasingly got listening to podcasts. And I would very often listen to podcasts while doing the housework, which I think is partly why I prefer audio podcasts, because it's easier to put them on a speaker or or headphones as you're, you're working. And I just thought, you know, I really fancy giving this a go because I used to be a journalist, so I've got a bit of broadcast media experience anyway. Oh yeah, do you know, I'm I'm going to try this, and I do actually have an agent who gets me work for my um, for my blog, and my agents weren't particularly keen on me starting a a, a podcast, and I'm going to get in sorts of trouble for admitting <laughs> that now, aren't I? I hope they don't listen. Sorry, Lee and Kay. Um, but yeah, I thought I'm going to give this a shot, and I think ultimately, I think what it was, you know, lockdown happened, and you know. I th- Everybody had these crazy ideas, didn't they, during lockdown? Thought, oh, I'm going to do something new. So I started I started the podcast. Um, and it has got off in... Sl- I had an idea of sort of interviewing Daz, and I thought I'd only make it a mini-series. Uh, but actually, I've really loved it. 
really enjoyed it and I'm sticking with it and I am going to be producing regular uh, regular uh, uh, episodes going forward. And as you mentioned earlier, you've heard a, a wide variety, obviously all dads, but with a wide variety of experience and stories to tell. And you mentioned it yourself, you know, what it's like being a stepfather and the challenges of same-sex parenting. Um, and obviously there was a recent one, uh, what it means to be a black dad in a very privileged society that's not set up for, you know, uh, people of colour in general. How do you go about finding guests and, and what's the process of what stories you want to share on the podcast? Oh, Danny, I have to say, actually, that is uh, that is quite a challenge because I, I, I guess it's almost a lesson I learned through blogging. I have a regular series on my blog called Dad Blog UK Q&A and where I interview uh, people who have a, a, an interesting opinion or some expertise in the field of families or health actually I, I keep it sort of limited to those two and try and i i learned that you know it's, you i can be approached by pr people who want to push their client and there have been one or two interviews i, I did for the dad blog um, uk q a series where the people i interviewed didn't actually turn out to be that great so where with the podcast i do actually take a lot of time and effort to get the right guest um the episode you just mentioned there where i interviewed elliot ray about being uh, a black father within the uk um elliot and i we, we know each other anyway um he runs a, a sort of fatherhood network called music uh, football fatherhood i uh, do check it out actually it's it, it, it's it's very good although um music uh, football fatherhood isn't uh solely open to uh ethnic minority communities it, it its user base is about 60 percent uh you know from, from ethnic minorities and elliot himself is a diversity and inclusion specialist so he was ideal for this so i was very lucky that, that elliot agreed to do it uh the the one that I, it took me ages to actually find a father who would speak to me was the interview with David Sp Breakspear, who was the dad who'd been in prison. Uh, I couldn't get charities who would agree to it. And of course, serving inmates can't have any contact with the media. So they were off the record or, or they were you know, off, off the menu. Um, so that took me ages. And actually, the, I'd gone through all sorts of channels uh, via LinkedIn, trying to contact reformed criminals and so on and so forth. Um, uh, and eventually, I there was something I hadn't done was just done a quick Twitter search, and sure enough, David came up, and I messaged him, and he was he was good to go. Um, but it took me ages to actually reach that point. But I I am fussy. There have been one or two where I've had to sort of turn down or you know n not record them. But I, I think it's because I'm so fussy about what I'm going in with. At, at uh, I've I've got a very clear point. I mean. Uh, uh, coming up, I've got an interview with a dad um, whose child was um, conceived via IVF. Uh, one that I'm really looking forward to, uh, although it may be very, very niche, is I'm going to be interviewing uh, a dad whose wife is actually quite a senior cleric in the Church of England. 
because uh, I just you know you, there are all these stereotypes about the vicar's wife, <laughs> but what's it like if the role is reversed? Sorry for for um, North American audiences, you know, vicar priest, you know. So yeah, it, I, I think that that would be quite an interesting one. So it, it's it's a case of coming up with sort of slightly offbeat, maybe interesting. Uh, you know, just just coming up with with, with dads who aren't very often interviewed. And I'd imagine as well, because of the, sometimes the topics that you're talking about, as you mentioned, they, they can get very raw and emotional. Have you found that there's been any topics that dads don't want to talk about on the show or they've been pretty good so far? No, they've, they've been pretty good so far. Um, I mean, in terms of raw and emotional, the one standout interview, well, there's Dan White, who's, who who, um, who has Emily, he, 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 the his daughter who's who has some some disabilities but the other one was actually um a guy called uh, dr robin hadley who is the only non-father who i've interviewed um now i interviewed him because he's involuntarily childless he's always wanted children um, but circumstances meant that it's never happened and he's now in his 60s and he's actually turned the study of involuntarily childless men into an into his own academic research um or should i should say into a field of academic research and that that was very emotional i mean robin has got quite a track record of speaking to the media so i didn't expect there'd be uh any problems but no i i haven't as of yet come across anyone who's just refused to talk about the subject or that you know that they've agreed to. I mean, I think that's partly, partly because, like I say, I'm very fussy and I I, I vet people, and and I, I brief them as well. You know, I will say I'm going to ask you X, Y, and Z. You know, I know what I want to get out of a podcast. I should add, way back through the midst of time, I used to be a journalist, so I'm quite used to asking the questions. <laughs> yeah, and obviously got got great research skills as well. So that's going to that's obviously going to help. Now, obviously, you mentioned earlier that you made the, you made the decision uh, to be the stay-at-home dad um, for your two kids and your guests or dads themselves. So is there anything that you've taken from your guest experience that you sort of implemented into your own teaching or you know, bring, raising your, your own kids? Um, the interview with Elliot Ray um, the, uh, the, about his experiences as a black father, it did get me thinking about whether we should be having more discussions about race and ethnicity at home uh, my we are a white family uh i mean i've got all sorts of like my my background is incredibly mixed as it happens but i am uh, i am uh, white but li- listening to what elliot had to say on the subject did just it, it got me th- thinking that actually we like to all think we're living within the same planet the same country and having similar experiences but actually when when Elliot was saying he's walking around a shop and he knows he's being followed by the security staff because of the color of his skin and he has to worry about how his daughter is spoken to and that he wouldn't want to live in an exclusively white community because he'd want to live and, and make sure there were people around him who'd had the similar life experiences. It just sort of got me, it made me sort of realise just how different actually our life experiences can be. And that 
this should be shared with my children. So that is something that I have taken away, a greater exploration of uh, race, ethnic, ethnicity, and, and having a greater understanding. And I, I certainly mean, the discussion, as you mentioned, about race should always be top of mind. But I think in, in the UK at the moment with the, the racial abuse that sports stars are going through, like some of the football players that, that you see in the papers that are getting, you know, like Marcus Rashford, did a great thing obviously with the hungry kids and making sure that there was a movement to feed hungry kids and he still got abused because of that saying he shouldn't be involved because he's the wrong color you think really and you just can't put your your head to that that mindset no you can't and especially when you you don't you know marcus rashford has made, made no secret about his background either i, I you know single parent family with with a mum who struggled uh, did you know? Did of clearly did an exceptionally good job. <laughs> I don't think there's any. I mean, look at the individual she raised. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, he knows what he's talking about. He's lived it. No, I'd imagine you mentioned earlier as we were speaking in the the green room. Uh, you're under. Well, we're the same. We're under lockdown at the moment. How's that been? Di- what differences that you know brought to the the Sorry, let me get my teeth in. <laughs> what differences has that made to the dynamic of raising your kids under, you know, what's been going on, I guess, in the last 12 months or so? Oh, dreary. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm really at wit's end now. Well, the situation in the UK, uh, we as a family had an added complication in that our eldest daughter, uh, Helen, who is 11, started secondary school or high school as i guess you you, you probably call it uh, in, in in north america um so she's left uh, what would you call it? elementary school primary school yeah uh, elementary yeah. yeah yeah so she she's left that environment and to go to secondary school but of course the the schools in britain were shut down towards the end of march last year so her primary school, we thought her primary schooling had just come to an end in March, and we thought that would, that was it. In fact, in um, the that the, the certain age groups were cherry picked and did actually return to school for one month of schooling during the month of June, and Helen's year group was one of them. So she had several months of of what was at that time actually homeschooling where i had to move my my computer down onto the dining room table and i had to sit down with both my daughters and we did the tasks that the school set they very rarely lasted the whole school day um but and it was very much kind of uh, it, it was really thrown together at speed i mean actually my daughter's school was was one of the better ones but it was it, it, things were thrown together at, at speed so she's faced a challenge of starting secondary school having had that end to her uh, her elementary school years but she's gone to to, to to secondary school having to abide by one-way systems having to wear face masks uh, with certain groups of, of pupils at certain times having to be removed from school and being ordered to spend two weeks at home. There's been no after-school activities, no sports activities. Uh, and my for my youngest daughter, she 
didn't return to school again until September. So she's gone up a school year, having not really finished the previous school year. Uh, and then it essentially from December, um, the school's closed down for the Christmas holidays and they haven't reopened since, but they've gone to remote schooling this time. And this time the remote, and I use that term specifically because this time there are live lessons uh and there's much more interaction with the with their class and their teachers and their head head teachers and it's a much more structured school day and the kids are actually getting some learning out of it um i mean it's no it, it it's not it doesn't replicate what they should be doing at school but that's been the situation since december really my concern isn't actually so much for how much they're going to miss academically my concern is the the impact on their social development because the added thing and i don't know how the 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 lockdown is over there danny but over here uh basically since december everything has been shut so all non-essential retail has been shut you cannot meet with your neighbors you can go uh to the supermarket to buy clothes uh sorry you can go to the supermarket to buy don't go to the supermarket to buy clothes go to the supermarket to buy food but the kids can't see their friends they can't mix with their friends they can't mix with their family we can go out and exercise but that's all you're allowed to do and my real concern is how their their social development what impact this is having on their their social development and in fact my youngest daughter said to me the other day that she wished she could get a time machine so that she could go forward and just skip the the corona years what's left of them and i think there's there's one thing that i don't know obviously know what what message you're being given there in canada but coronavirus is a virus we've seen several variants come up already where the vaccines that are being rolled out will provide some protection for but not necessarily i i think we're having to prepare for the fact that this is a disease and possibly the first we're experiencing in the western world where we're not getting rid of it and uh, having coronavirus testing kits in the family medicine cupboard is going to be as common uh, as plasters and skin healing cream and cold remedies and that's going to be the future i mean and it's a brighter future once once we have all been vaccinated but it, it ain't going away it's a disease we've now got to live with and so i know that schools will go back the school years will mix again but we're not getting rid of it, I don't think. No, and that's an interesting point you mentioned about the, the social aspect. Our son, he's 11, um, so same age as your, uh, your eldest, and he's very much a social butterfly, so he likes to get out and play football. He likes to mix with his friends. He's on a football rep football team over here, and he's missed all that because we're under the same lockdown restrictions that, that you're under. And we've seen the impact on him. You know, he's, he's really become more prone to outbursts and stuff, and... He's, he's not like that, you know, so I, mm-hmm. I completely agree. There's, I think when we look back in years to come, there's definitely going to be a huge spike in, say, mental health issues or, mm-hmm. you know, the the social aspect on the kids that are trying to go through this. There is, I, I, it, is going, it is a huge worry. On the other hand, I have, um, I've unfortunately not been able to put this into my podcast in, in a suitable way yet, but it will happen. Um, but I have put it on my blog. Um, there's a lot of focus, and quite rightly, on the negative aspects of, of COVID. We all know people who've had it uh, and had it very 
badly and and i'm i'm sure some listeners were, were unfortunate people who have, who have you know passed away i've got got long covid and so on but i do predict this is going to be a fascinating generation to watch because their formal education is getting the life pummeled out of it but they are getting the most fascinating informal education in you know i don't know what you're doing with your kids danny but i'm getting my kids to use the washing machine the tumble dryer i'm you know getting to do uh, cooking and baking and they're getting a lesson in resilience tolerance understanding and also uh, when they're doing their remote learning you know th- this you've got to think about this you've got this generation of kids from the age of like uh, four to sort of 22 23 university age who have all they've now had two academic years punctuated with huge spells of remote learning this is a generation that is never going to work nine to five in an office or workplace you know they 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 kind of want to hang on i could be schooled remotely why can't i why can't i work remotely and also the online etiquette skills that these kids are developing are going to be second to none i was talking to another dad about it the other day that um the you know with all the experiences they're getting they're probably going to be better than the most adults or a meet you know the, those kids that have just left university they've spent so much time online it's just what they do it will be uh, that's a great point you raise about the uh the remote and what the generation is going to be like. I know here in Canada, there's a huge discussion at the moment about universal basic income and enabling people to be ready for something like this so they can stay at home and, you know, bring the virus uh, uh, spread down because they're at home. So they're not out and they don't have to go to work sick or they don't have to go to school sick. Because I know we're, as parents, we can be guilty of sending our kids to school with a, a runny nose when really they should be at home so they're, mm-hmm. they're not, you know, making anybody else sick so it's going to be like you say that's a great point about what's what's the the benefits on society as a whole you know from this what what are we going to take from lessons as we move forward i'm really glad to hear they're having that conversation in canada that the irish are having a similar conversation um unfortunately the government in the uk i don't know if i've hidden this well so far but i've got very little time for the, the the one concern seems to be to forcing people back to the office that they'll buy sandwiches and keep major sandwich retailers alive um actually i, I good grief danny we've gone well off topic regarding the podcast <laughs> but uh actually this is a huge um one of the things I, I do, I'm actually involved with, with LinkedIn as a, a change maker. And one of the things I'm involved with campaigning for is to make flexible working more available to anybody with caring uh, responsibilities. And one of the points I've made with my campaigning work with LinkedIn is uh, it's a different situation in Canada. But in the UK, obviously, we've got a much more compact population base where people commute into these cities every day to work where with covid with people working from home and people not wanting to go back to work in the cities five days a week we've got this opportunity to actually take these businesses and to relocate or to have small independent businesses open up in the provinces where people are actually working at home so you can work at home you can go to your local coffee shop instead of having to buy starbucks you can buy something from a family-run business you know the long-term possibilities you know 
I think some good can come out of this. It's obviously it's an utter tragedy for for the many many people who were involved uh, who have fallen ill with COVID. Um, but uh, there, there, there's some good could come out of this. So you mentioned to get back to the topic because you, you you said that well that was my fault sorry for drifting you off there <laughs> you you mentioned that obviously you've been a stay at home dad for 10 years um and what what have what have you found have you found the the fact that because of the lockdowns you've had more quality time to be involved with your daughters and what they're learning from a life point of view as opposed to when they were going to school regularly and then coming back so you were seeing them maybe you know less time during the day whereas now you're seeing them more what's how has that benefited you yourself as as, as a dad uh right um i'm going to probably totally confuse you here and say for me it hasn't but for my wife it has been a huge change actually because my wife would leave the house at sort of half six in the morning she'd get back at about seven o'clock at night normally prior to to covid but for the past year she's been working from home so actually when the kids have been going to school um she's been around in the mornings to help me get them ready and she's been around in the evenings to help them with with schoolwork and we have uh, done more activities as a family you know within lockdown rules which at the minute means we can't actually do much more than go out for a walk together um but that has happened pretty much um every you know every day so for my wife jill she's got to um spend a lot more time with the kids i suppose if i were to get all deep and meaningful about this i think what i have taken away from this is i could should and am relaxing a bit more with the kids i guess i'd possibly always have felt under pressure that every activity should be educational or every activity should be uh yeah let's just say every activity should be educational when actually no it doesn't have to be and yes i will cook my kids pancakes every day for breakfast while i can uh because why not we're not i'm not going to get the chance to do this anymore they what they want them it's a bit of fun and actually, we waste a lot less milk as a family than pancakes <laughs> compared to breakfast cereal. <laughs> uh, my daughter's got some pancakes on to go upstairs. Uh, she's eight, so this is the first time actually going back to your point about you know learning life lessons. Um, oh, yeah. She's eight. Oh no, you know what? She's she's nine now. She turned nine this month. Bad me. Um, so she's she's making pancakes. Now you you've got two daughters, um, and you'd mentioned earlier about the the same sex uh, parent guest um, <laughs> uh, from from your show. How how should we've got a boy and a girl? So what we're trying to do is we're trying to be gender neutral, and there's no pink for girls, blue for boys, all that kind of stuff. And we try, you know, knock that on the head if it comes up in mm-hmm. TV or whatever. How has that been for for yourself as a father to two girls? Is these these kind of conversations ever come up or? Um, they do. Uh, I mean, interestingly, I have when the kids were younger on a couple of occasions, I took them both to one side and sort of had to say, look, you do realise you come from quite a uh, a unique, probably not the word I use, but you, you come from quite a rare family and that you've got a mummy who goes out to work uh, every single day and you've got me at home doing everything for you. You know, have you got any concerns over that? And I know, I remember having that conversation with my eldest at one point. Was, you know, any concerns, any questions? And she looked at me and she said, yeah, 
can I have some chocolate? You know, they, they just see th- that sort of age. They just see through um, these things. Interestingly, though, my two daughters are slightly different in approach. My eldest daughter will question that type of thing if she comes across it. You know, she comes across sexism in any form. She does highlight it. She does sort of question it. My youngest daughter, Izzy, not so much. Um, but that said, um, I think there there is something to be said for um, bit having a father as a main carer. I mean, I, someone did actually once say to me, and I've I, I've never actually got around to referencing this, which I would like to do, but that. A, Girls who have a father as main carer are apparently more confident. Um, and the, the the logic is, so I'm told, that men are raised to be risk takers. It's what happens in your childhood. Your mother and your father you know, raise you to, to, to take risks. And then you, as a man, as a main carer for your children, you then pass that on to your daughters. So they... To put it to put it bluntly, they take a slightly more masculine look on the world and they react to it accordingly. And I think that's possibly what's happened with my kids. And I'm not saying I agree agree with that. And I'm not saying that's right. And it says an awful lot about our expectations of gender and how we raise children. Um, so I'm not saying it's right that it should work that way. But if my kids are going to benefit from it let 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 that be you know that's great as far as i'm concerned <laughs> <laughs> and obviously you've got a, as you mentioned you've got an older daughter who's now in high school uh stroke mm-hmm. um secondary school i try to remember the uk time i've been away for that long now <laughs> i apologize <laughs> um and getting close to becoming a teenager how's that has there been any changes that you've seen and how are you approaching that any difficult conversations coming up <laughs> Oh uh, well, I had yeah, I had some difficult conversations already. Um, I have noticed there's a, 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 it's different. You know that is an interesting thing, though, Danny. How much of this is lockdown and how much of this is growing up? I don't know. I've noticed with with the eldest that there has been a change in mood and temperament, and it's quite as I say. As I say, it's quite difficult to know how much of that is down to months of tolerating this infernal lockdown and how much of it is just growing up and age and naturally striking out for independence i i I don't know but yes there have been um there have been changes and yes there are all manner of um conversations that have been had but i I have to say one of the things i'm always very um i push uh quite hard on is I i think that awkward conversations whether it you know be about menstruation sex puberty whatever i'm a firm believer that those should start at home and that school should merely fill in the gaps yeah i'd, I'd say for sure it's like um i, I know we're trying to have the the conversations like you say but and and try not to make it to your point about mommy just won't speak to the the, the daughter and daddy just won't speak to the son about these things. We try and make it a mixed, you know, a mixed conversation, and, and and that's such a key thing, like you say, you know, to to make sure that the confidence is there on on all sides. Oh yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, one of the things I would always say uh, is actually when it comes to having awkward conversations with children and the um, 
the one the one example I would give, and I do apologise if I'm taking your podcast off into to territory it's never quite <laughs> been into before, is periods. Okay, men as fathers are in a spectacularly strong position to talk to their daughters about periods because women are raised to think of periods as taboo and women really don't like talking about it whereas men the way guys are raised as i say i'm not saying this is a good thing i'm not saying it's the right way that 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 we we raised the particular genders but men are raised to think practically so men can go into that conversation with their daughters and say this is what's going to happen it's biology this is what you've got to do about it um and can just go in there completely fearless without any of the taboos that a lot of women unfortunately have have got because of the way um you know women are raised and and talk about and raised to talk about uh, periods and this, this is where it goes back to my sort of experiences not so much with the podcast but with the blog i mean i've had women comment uh, on my blog or on my social media channels in the past who tell me they've like got 13 year old daughters and they have never spoken to them about sex or about periods i would be horrified if a father told me he'd never spoken to his 13 year old daughters about those things and to hear a mum saying those things it just yeah i, I that I, I just find that staggering actually also really quite sad that people feel quite so um het up that they can't actually discuss this but hey daddy i mean you're, you're you're from scotland and i know i know being married to a scot that the scots can be even more <laughs> reserved than the english so i i i dread to think you know <laughs> I, I think between us our two nations excel in possibly feeling awkward about discussing these things and i was going to ask you that because i do you think it is a cultural thing? Because I look at Europe, you look at France, and you look at Italy. That seem to be, for example, they have uh, wine as a, a normal, you know, uh, dinner drink, and they'll have twelve, thirteen, fourteen year old kids, you know, having a glass of wine at dinner. Mm-hmm. So there's less chance of alcoholism in Europe, or at least in the, the countries that, that you know promote that. So do you think it's a cultural thing that we are re- regressed in the UK versus, say, Europe or North America to a degree, or Australia, stroke New Zealand? Oh, well, it depends on the subject matter, you see, because uh, for my sins, I am actually half French. Um, now, when it comes to issues of gender equality, uh, the UK, um, and actually Canada is a shining light on this front as well, um, is is actually quite, well, it's not as advanced as Sweden's, Norway's, Iceland's, Finland's of this world, but I would rather raise my kids in um, in, in the UK than than necessarily in France or Germany or, or Italy. Maybe not so much Germany. Germany, and I'll give the Germans and the, and the Dutch a, a pass out. But um, I think when it comes to gender equality, those those nations are actually behind us. And the thought of me doing what I do. Um, being the main carer for my kids um, would be, you know, in, in the UK, it's sort of a bit interesting. I mean, it would be nigh on revolutionary, I think, in, in those societies. Um, but, you know, when it comes to 
booze and drugs and and that sort of thing i just think the uk's got a problem i really do <laughs> we've got quite an unhealthy uh, approach to those types of things not necessarily you know yeah, I think there are European countries out there where where they probably have got bigger issues actually. But um, yeah, I think a certain amount of it is uh, is is culture, you know, nature nurture, all of that. Mm. Now, one of the things I wanted to ask you, um, I'm not sure. Does your wife listen to your podcast? Uh, you know, I don't actually encourage her to to, <laughs> to engage with anything I do online. I don't encourage anyone I know to actually. I've just feel I've got a more free reign, you know. If, if but you know, obviously people find out and they do. So, yeah. um, no, my my wife isn't hugely um, engaged uh, with with my podcast. So you can ask what you like, Danny. <laughs> well, no, I was curious <laughs> if there'd been anything that you spoke about with your guests, uh, and you've used an example from your own parenting, and she's listened afterwards and says you didn't do that, or I wish you'd done that, or whatever that your guest had said, <laughs> and everything that popped up there. No, that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> I mean, it, it 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 will happen of this, I'm sure. Um, but no, it 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 hasn't happened yet. Okay. I'm sorry to let you down on that one. I wish I could give you an example where that had actually happened. I'm going to try find uh, a contract detail for your wife and just say you've got to listen to the show because it's going to be speaking about this. <laughs> So your, your podcast, you launched it. Uh, you launched it at the end of last year, um, so still relatively new. What's your your goals as you move forward? Uh, are you going to move into video? You mentioned that you prefer audio. Um, are you thinking of maybe moving to video, or would you like to get back to say in person interviews? What what kind of plans have you got for the show? Yeah, well, what I've decided to do for the foreseeable future is to I'm going to produce an episode monthly. Now um, I may up that in time um what i was incredibly fortunate and i have to say i was staggered to have done this was there was a new um podcasting award was uh, launched in the uk just a few months back uh, the podcasting for business awards and i entered my podcast into it into the into the family category and to my amazement i didn't win it but i did get the runner-up prize which i was staggered by actually and it sort of made me think that well I must be on to something here so I'm gonna I'm definitely going to keep uh, at it my plans are uh, are to grow audience and you're absolutely right it is a very new podcast so I'm not that uh, your 10th episode will be out uh, very soon in the next few weeks what I know I have got to do and what I have taken steps to do is to improve the quality of my audio. Uh, not that it's, don't get the wrong idea, it's not been shocking, but I know that on some episodes it's been better than on others. When I started off, I wasn't sure if I was going to keep doing this forever, so I basically bought a gamer's headset, and that's what I recorded the first few episodes on. Um, but then I did have uh, a particular episode where an individual, although I was sort of microphoned up and everything, it was done via um, Zoom, and he was on a laptop, and he kept moving away and kept moving forward. And I was just like, oh, am I allowed to swear, Danny? Yeah, well, I can always bleep it, or I can put it to explicit right. for what, the what is it like? Okay, <laughs> I may have said, you know, a few swear words. Like, Can't you just stay still? You know. So um, I've spoken to other people and learnt a few tips so i'm i'm 
improve my audio quality in future episodes is going to be much better um also invested in uh mic and so on um and i've had a lot more ideas of the t- types of uh fathers that i am going to interview now obviously i reckon i've if i'm to be honest i've probably got a good four or five years worth of fathers i could actually interview at some point i imagine i probably will want to broaden out and the, the other thing i'm looking to do is do much more like this actually speak to other people on, on other people's podcasts um which is great fun actually great i a comment that was made to me was podcasting is like what blogging was 10 years ago and actually when i started podcasting obviously i've got the experience of a blogger and when i got involved i thought actually i do see some similarities to uh to to um you know what i was doing with the blog uh sort of eight years ago and i thought well uh, sort of oh hello this is you know i I can I can predict what's going to happen with podcasting in in certain aspects and and sort of see what I've got to do. Um, so yeah, I I will be using uh, my experiences, you know, with, that I learned blogging to sort of try and grow my audience um, as a podcaster because I would like I would like to grow it um, seriously. And I just you know, Danny, I do just love it. What I've found is there is a fantastic podcasting community and i think also podcasting has boomed due to covid and the thing i find fascinating is when i look through all the various podcasts some of the podcasts i like to listen listen to are actually um some of the 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 fiction uh you know what you what once upon a time we would have called radio plays (laughs) no idea what you call them on podcasts podcast plays i don't know but i listen to loads of them and the number of A-lister Hollywood stars that are cropping up doing podcasts because they're not doing any filming. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, it's just, I, I, I see huge potential there. And what's been really interesting, actually, is to sit back and watch how Clubhouse is, is, is booming as well. And I'm, I am on Clubhouse. Um, not that I've done a great deal with it yet. But I think all the people I'm following, or the, all the people I follow... There's definitely a podcast theme there. They're all people who I would love to hear doing something audio, but I wouldn't necessarily read it or watch video. But in answer to your question, would I do video? Um, I sort of got my fingers burnt a few years ago. You know, I tried making it as a YouTuber and had to accept the fact that maybe I'm not that good. <laughs> well, it's it's a very different medium. I know, like uh, a couple of guests I was speaking to uh, a couple of months back, uh, what, what the the gentleman had said, um, you've got a, a great face for podcasting. And I was thinking, did you just insult me, or was that like a compliment or whatever? <laughs> I wasn't really sure there. But, um, yeah, I don't think I I feel really uncomfortable, even if I'm doing like trainer videos or whatever, um, you know, like little explainer videos um, about podcasting. I get really awkward and i can't i'm far different from when i'm just speaking on a, a show like this mm-hmm. well i i you know i again i do just think of it a bit differently um I, I think it was ice tea uh once said um for those under the age of 40 very famous rapper who went into acting uh, <laughs> i remember him saying once that uh, whenever he re- cut a new tune he would go to his car and stick it on the stereo and he'd say, because what do you do when you're driving? You're listening to music. 
um, and I've done, those words always stuck with me. Actually, it was a very interesting comment to make. Um, because actually, in this day and age, when you Bluetooth your your your, your phone to to the car or whatever, actually, no, you might not be listening to music. You might be listening to to podcasts or whatever. And I think that's actually the beauty of podcasts is the fact that you know it's um streaming media radio almost i mean you you choose to when you listen to it and you've got such a wealth of stuff that you can actually choose to listen to um if you're shooting a video shoot a video i i i i'm probably going to upset a few people by saying this but i kind of think the podcast video genre you're making a video you're not making a podcast i th- i think by rights podcast should kind of be um audio only and i now wait for the hate mail <laughs> if you're on any of the podcasting groups on facebook you'll get a lot of that because <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's one of the big conversations i see all the time is when someone says about to your point you know it's a video you just made no it's a podcast not a video and it just the comments just light up you know you can sit back with your popcorn and just watch it unfold well again i've i've got a I've sort of got to come back to my experiences, um, not so much as as a, as a blogger, but when I've had to create content in video format. I mean, I've got a cupboard here that is full. You know, as every now and again, I have to do it again, and I've got the lights, and I've got a, a standalone video camera. I've also got GoPros. I, I, I've I've got all that stuff. Pod cast actually you don't really need much more than a really good set of headphones and a good microphone they they are so different um skills that you need for producing for the different media um that yeah i'm 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 just putting my flag in the ground now and saying audio only <laughs> podcasts yeah anything else is a video sorry so i'm curious would, <laughs> would you ever consider obviously that your show is about dads and their experiences. Would you ever consider having your daughters on to talk about their experience being raised by a dad? I'd never thought of it, but yes, what a brilliant idea! Um, yes, now that 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 could be really interesting, actually. And I sh- I really should I really should ask them about that and see if they would be uh, be up for that because I think they would be. It would be really quite difficult to edit. episode i think but um no that's a really good idea danny no i should do that i should do that um and and just see what what they think of what they say totally unscripted i think that would be huge fun it'd be interesting to listen back to that for sure ah i think i i I think it would i mean look that's the whole of the podcast genre isn't it getting getting kids to be interviewed about their parents i mean yeah what a great idea I should speak to you more often, Danny. <laughs> yeah. So, John, I really enjoyed chatting with you today, and I could speak with you for hours. You know, um, unfortunately, my show is not a Joe Rogan length, and I really, you know, I don't think my listeners want like a three-hour show or whatever. So, for people that have enjoyed listening to you as well and want to know more about your podcast or your blog um, and listen to the, the the stories of your your guests, where's the best place for them to connect with you online and listen to your podcast? Right, best place to listen to me online. Um, well, the podcast it's hosted by Liz, uh, Libsyn, um, so it's Dad Pod UK, 
Uh, you will also find the podcast on, oh, this is where I have to try and remember it all, oh, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Audible, um, Spotify. How can I forget Spotify? So it's on all the, the, the major um, channels and also a number of the, the you know, the, 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 the slightly smaller ones as well. Um, you will find DadPod UK. Uh, it has got a Twitter feed, but I'm not really active on there. But you'll find DadPod UK on Instagram uh, and on Facebook. Um, for the blog, uh, blog is dadblogukcom and you will find at dadblogUK on uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Pinterest, Instagram. I'm sure I've missed something out there, but you know that that's enough. Yeah, and I'll be <laughs> sure to link all that in the show notes. So if you listen on your favourite app, make sure to check out the show notes as usual, and all the links will be there to catch up with John wherever you want to go. So, John, I really appreciate you coming on today. Um, like I said, I've, I've really enjoyed catching up with your show as I've been listening to it, and I'm looking forward to the new episodes coming out and the new show you're about to launch as well, obviously. Oh, well, thanks ever so much, Danny. Thanks for having me uh, on, on your podcast. Um, it's been great fun. You've been listening to Podcaster Stories. If you enjoyed this week's show, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And feel free to leave a review on iTunes to help others find the show too. And we'll see you the next time on Podcaster Stories. Um, another one is uh, recording with headphones versus speakers. That's a big debate um, in our community. And uh, we, again, were able to bring some, some clear kind of, you know, cut and dry data to that, to that picture and conversation. And uh, for anybody out there, please wear headphones anytime you record audio. I think uh, that's that's one of the the big takeaways and things that we see kind of people uh, just just showing up on Squadcast and jumping in headfirst, which is always good. We always tell people just start your podcast, right? But uh, it's 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 not intuitive why headphones would impact quality. It's it's intuitive why the microphone would impact quality, but headphones is just one of those things that's not intuitive. It's not a fashion statement or a coincidence that you see people in studios and things like that all wearing headphones. Like there's a reason for that. And I can go into that, but, you know, please wear headphones.